This evening, uh, we'll be meditating upon Psalm 22. And this is a very, very famous Psalm, obviously. It is the one which our Lord prays on the cross. Remember that in the Garden of Gethsemane, our Lord was ad-living his prayers, praying, praying from the heart. Father, take this cup from me, but not my will, but thy will be done. It was heart to heart, it was spontaneous. It was one kind of prayer and, and an important one for us. We all have moments of prayer like that. Um, we just simply pray to the Lord, come and pour out our hearts before him. And our Lord gives us an example of that in the, the Garden of Gethsemane. And that's an important form of prayer because it speaks of where we are in the midst of the situation of our life. And that's very important to offer that to God. And that's obviously what our Lord is doing in the, before the Passion. But for us, at least, it can have a weakness if we're only praying spontaneously, ad-living, subjectively from the heart. And that is that it can become a bit self-referential. It can be, here's my situation and here we are. It can, we can fall, fall into ourselves. And so although it's a very beautiful form of prayer, it needs to be complemented by something else. And that form of prayer is to pray from a script, to pray something already set out. Now that could have disadvantages. It does when we pray, let's say, the rosary too quickly, or when we pray the Our Father quickly, quickly, too quickly. We don't even think of the words. That's not good. That's why often in, when I've been you know, give penance for confession, I've been hearing confessions now almost 50 years, and I often say for your penance, pray one Our Father, just one, slowly, slowly. But in those words, of course, of the Lord's Prayer, we go deeper and deeper and deeper, and so it is with the Hail Mary, so many. The prayers that are prayed, that are already there given to us, as long as we pray them attentively and slowly and thoughtfully and often preferably aloud so that we can slow down and understand and let them enter into us, they have an extraordinary benefit because they take us out of ourselves. They draw us, they stretch us. This is true. And, and they're also masterpieces inspired humanly and divinely, of course, if we're dealing with something like the Lord's Prayer or the Psalms, which is what we pray this year during the Lectio Divina. We may want to think our own particular situation, think of it, but we need to sometimes get out of that. And we need to go deeply, and the Psalms do that. And we see in the Psalm tonight, Psalm 22, uh, very much so. It's an intense Psalm of suffering, of abandonment of anxiety, of sorrow, fear. All of those experiences are things we face from time to time, or if we don't, there are people around us who certainly do. And we, we express that in the words of Psalm 22, more powerfully than we could ever ad-lib that. And yet we don't actually know in the Psalm what the original Psalmist was worried about. What was causing this anguish? He never says. It is as if the words of the psalm are like a chalice, shaped to receive our sorrow. And as he, we can each of us take that, those beautiful words that shape and focus and 
draw forth the meaning of our anxiety in the case of Psalm 22. And we pour into it our own situation, but it is transformed by the majestic words, divinely inspired of the psalm. And that's very important. That's why we love the psalms. That's why despite their strangeness, bulls of Bashan, what on earth does that mean? That's why it's good to get a little commentary. And I, I have, I, I've given retreats on the psalms for priests and sisters and monks and many others and seminarians for maybe 30 years or so. Because sometimes as we pray the Psalms, uh, we might uh, get a little confused by the way they approach things or by some of the terminology. So I've been doing that for many years. And I think I can probably make available, uh, if I'm not already doing it in this Lectio Divina, some helps to the praying of the Psalms. Of course, we can pray them anytime. We may have our favorite Psalm, like the Good Shepherd Psalm or something like that. That's fine, let's pray it. But there's something really, really good, and we see that especially with Psalm 22, really, really good about praying one psalm after another. Sort of like eat what's on your plate, a balanced diet. And that, of course, is what we do if we pray Christian prayer. This is a little fancier, blanking it a red color thing. This is the divine office, the breviary, liturgy of the hours, call it what you will. This is the one volume edition. You can get four volumes, which mostly repeat this, but they also have the prayers of the Office of Readings, large sections of the Bible and sections from the spiritual tradition of the church. But actually the references are here. You can use this and a, a Bible and you can do that. Morning prayer, midday prayer, evening prayer, which we have just prayed formally here in the cathedral, and then a little night prayer just before we go to bed. And if we do that over the course of four weeks, we are praying psalms at every one of those hours. And sometimes we may be feeling happy. And the psalm, especially it's in, middle, it's in midday prayer, the psalm is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And you say, but I don't feel like that at all. I feel happy. I think I'll skip this psalm. It doesn't fit my mood, but no. It's good when the Psalms express focus where I am with a power we can never think up on our own. That's good. But it's better if we're praying the Psalms one after the other, not just picking this Psalm or that, but one after the other in a pattern as we do with the Liturgy of the Hours, or you can just read one Psalm a day. That would do it as well. It's better if when I am happy and no problems in the world, I turn the page. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You are far from my plea and the cry of my distress. It's better because then I'm forced to go out of myself. And even though things are great with me at the moment, what about my neighbor? What about the people I meet? Do I know someone who just lost their job? Someone whose child has just died? Someone who isn't facing it's just been announced they have a terrible sickness of some type or whatever it might be. In that case, I don't need to pray this Psalm for me, myself and I, I'll pray this Psalm for that person. And if I don't know a particular person suffering what this ex expresses, I, I'll pray for someone, someone out there I'm sure is going through this. 
In the same way, when I am feeling that I could absolutely pray this psalm, oh my, it expresses exactly where I'm at, as our Lord does on the cross. If I feel that I could, if I'm in that situation, and I turn the page, and there is a joyful, come ring out our joy to the Lord. Let us hail the rock who saves us. Let us come before him singing for joy. I'll say, no, quiet. I don't feel that way right now. But let me change myself. Let me adapt my lips. Take my lips, with, read the psalm, and adapt my heart to what my lips are saying. Let my lips and my mind say the words of the psalm and let me role play it. So that when I am sad, I role play the happy psalm that I find on the next page. And when I am happy, I role play the sad psalm that I find when I flip the page. Because it's not all about me. The great book, the greatest, one of the greatest books in the priesthood by Bishop Sheen, the priest is not his own. This is what compassion means, suffer with. And we need to do that if we're to be Christians. We need to get out of ourselves, our security, whatever it may be, and be with others and experience what they're going through, not me, but what they're going through. And that's what we do when we pray the Psalms, just turning one page after another in any systematic form we want. And there's no better one than the Liturgy of the Hours, the, the Divine Office. Well, that's one of the reasons I highly recommend, not just priests, we've all made a promise to pray it till we die, to pray for the people we serve, and we do. I always say this is the divine office, it's our office as priests and bishops and religious sisters too and deacons, to pray this for the people we serve, it's our office. And I often say when I'm giving a retreat on the Psalms, especially Psalm 22 and the others, that when a priest is in the office, people come to him in the, in the rectory, with joy, preparing for marriage, with sorrow, preparing for a funeral, with anguish, suffering some terrible thing. And I always say we meet in the office, the people we meet in the office. We meet in the divine office, in the Psalms, the people we meet in the parish office. And as we meet them in the divine office, let's pray for them, pray for their sake. So that's a little encouragement I give to praying the Psalms, all of them, and not just picking the ones we prefer, but taking them in any systematic way we can find, where we don't pick the one that comes when we turn the page. And th there's a way set up for us, it's called the Divine Office, the Liturgy of the Hours. Uh, it's all laid out here, if you wish to follow that. And you can do morning prayer, evening prayer, night prayer, or morning prayer, midday prayer, evening prayer, night prayer, or even add in the liturgy the Office of Readings. You can do it large, small, four volumes, one volume, little thing. Take your pick, there are a lot of ways of doing it, and I recommend it. With Psalm 22, this takes on a special power. Because as we pray the Psalms, their words express the joy, the sorrow, the anguish, the fear, the happiness, the exaltation, the despair of the human condition. They do that. And as we enter into them, we express, we enter into that circumstance. And Jesus, the second person of the Blessed Trinity, did not cling to his equality with God, but emptied himself, taking our life even to death on the cross. 
from his majesty. He is always almighty God. And yet he died for us on the cross. Cardinal Newman, one of his homilies says, that person on the cross, bleeding and suffering and pain, like so many people in the world, that one is almighty God. And when he did it, when he went out of his own glory to experience suffering with us, compassion, suffer with us, compassion, he prayed Psalm 22 and he expressed in words what he was doing on the cross. Now we're used to only hearing the opening line. Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. We hear it every time in Holy Week and it's coming soon. And one thing, by the way, we might think, well, it's one little bit of Hebrew, I know. Eli, Eli, or Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani. Uh, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. Actually, it's not Hebrew. The opening line of the psalm is Eli, Eli, lama azaftani. That's the Hebrew. This is actually, it's Aramaic. When our Lord was praying from the heart on the cross, he was praying in a translation. So we never should fear we're using one here. It's a grail psalm, pretty good. It's got his weaknesses. All the psalms have, the translations have weaknesses. And if you're following one that's different from the grails, you'll notice maybe a different word here or there, but that's fine. But he prayed it. And he prayed it for you and he prayed it for me. And he did what he prayed by suffering for us. So now we pray this psalm and go from the suffering, the beginning of the psalm, to the resurrection at the end of the psalm. And remember, although in the gospel, in Matthew and Mark, we only hear the opening line, our Lord was praying the whole psalm. Everything is there. And that's what we're gonna pray tonight. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we ask you to send your Holy Spirit upon us that we may be attentive to these words, these sacred divine words, this divine reading. May all that is in our hearts that is a barrier to your word, may it be taken away. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. May all the distractions that so clutter our mind, all the static, all the noise, all those unimportant things, may we shed them away with them all. Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You are far from my plea and the cry of my distress. Oh my God, I call by day and you give no reply. I call by night and I find no peace. Yet you, O oh God, are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. In you our fathers put their trust. They trusted and you set them free. When they cried to you, they escaped. In you they trusted and never in vain. But I am a worm and no man, the butt of men, laughing stock of the people. All who see me deride me, they curl their lips, they toss their heads. 
He trusted in the Lord. Let him save him. Let him release him if this is his friend. Yes, it was you who took me from the womb and trusted me to my mother's breast. To you I was committed from my birth. From my mother's womb you have been my God. Do not leave me alone in my distress. Come close. There is none else to help. Many bulls have surrounded me. Fierce bulls of Bashan close me in. Against me they open wide their jaws like lions rending and roaring. Like water I am poured out, disjointed are all my bones. My heart has become like wax. It is melted within my breast, parched as burnt clay is my throat. My tongue cleaves to my jaws. Many dogs have surrounded me. A band of the wicked beset me. They tear holes in my hands and my feet and lay me in the dust of death. I can count every one of my bones. These people stare at me and gloat. They divide my clothing among them. They cast lots for my robe. O oh Lord, do not leave me alone. My strength make haste to help me. Rescue my soul from the sword, my life from the grip of these dogs. Save my life from the jaws of these lions, my poor soul from the horns of these oxen. I will tell of your name to my brethren and praise you where they are assembled. You who fear the Lord, give him praise. All sons of Jacob, give him glory. Revere him, Israel's sons, for he has never despised nor scorned the poverty of the poor. From him he has not hidden his face, but he heard the poor man when he cried. You are my praise in the great assembly. My vows I will pay before those who fear him. The poor shall eat and shall have their fill. They shall praise the Lord, those who seek him. May their hearts live forever and ever. All the earth shall remember and return to the Lord. All families of the nations worship before him. For the kingdom is the Lord's. He is ruler of the nations. They shall worship him, all the mighty of the earth. Before him shall bow all who go down to the dust. And my soul shall live for him. My children serve him. They shall tell of the Lord to generations yet to come, declare his faithfulness to people yet unborn. These things the Lord has done. Although it is Lent, I'm almost tempted to say Alleluia, because of course the psalm it starts in the suffering of the cross and it goes to the triumph of the resurrection. Now, it was not intended that way by the original human author. It speaks of suffering and we can all enter into that. And trust in God is woven through the suffering. I am a worm, but then you have helped me back and forth, we up and down, oh my. But in the human author was seeking, thanking God for helping in the midst of his distress. But the divine author who inspired the human author knew what the psalm meant in its depth. And so did our Lord Jesus and so do we. When 
he did on the cross what he prayed on the cross, and he prayed on the cross what he did on the cross. And so, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You are far from my plea and the cry of my distress. Oh my God, I call by day and you give no reply. I call by night and I find no peace. Have we ever felt that way, abandoned? Far, God, far away, whatever it may be for whatever reason, they're all different ones and there may be different times in life when a person may feel this way. A time when a person might also want to pray and read the book of Job. Or if I have never been afflicted in so strong a way as to actually experience this, let me stretch out of myself and my own inner me and think of people I know. Think of the people I meet, I've heard of perhaps, who just suffered some great affliction. And in this time of pandemic, there are many such, many people isolated and suffering, losing their livelihood in despair. And so these are not for them, for those who are in that situation, if it's come to them and it might, who knows, come to any of us or maybe it has in the past. These words require no imagination to pray them from the heart. But if we have not, if we do not at this moment experience that, let's pray it for those who do. Can we not do that? Is that not an offering? We can give an offering of love. And here, of course, the greatest time it was ever prayed, it was when Almighty God came so much to be part of this world that he allowed himself to experience the sense of being abandoned by God, which is amazing. This is where the incarnation becomes just awesome. So let's just pray now for maybe someone we know, or maybe the persecuted Christians around the world, so many of them these days. Maybe the parents of those kidnapped children and the children themselves. Let's pray for them as we meditate on these words. Yet, we always look for those words that are like a switch on a railway track. We move in another direction now. Yet, you, O oh God, are holy, 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 holy Lord, God of power and might. From the midst of our affliction, we come before the holiness of God as people come into this church, although these days only 10 are allowed at a time, they come into this church to come before the blessed sacrament for you, O Lord, are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. When they face the first verses, they come to the second. 
In you our fathers put their trust, they trusted and you set them free. When they cried to you, they escaped, in you they trusted and never in vain. This is a great consolation in the midst of our struggles to broaden the context and the horizon in the world. And I often think of in the church. I tell you, the higher I've gone on the hierarchy, the more I see things, you say, oh my gosh. Uh, from a human point of view, the whole thing is held together with string. And maybe that's good because it makes us trust in the Lord. We always, I always, sometimes when I think of some of the stuff, I say, well, God will protect the church. We have to do our part diligently, but God will protect the church. Like John the 23rd. Well, Lord, it's your church. You take care of it. I'm going to bed. But during the day, he worked to serve it. So you, O God, are holy and throned in the praises of Israel. And you, our fathers, put their trust. They trusted and you set them free. When they cried to you, they escaped, as in from Egypt, Moses. In you, they trusted, 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 and never in vain. We trust in you, O Lord, for you come to us mainly in the midst of the storm like Peter running to reach trust in the Lord. But, now we have another, we're back down again. But, I am a worm and no man, the butt of men, laughing stock of the people. All who see me deride me, they curl their lips, they toss their heads. He trusted in the Lord, let him save him. Let him release him if this is his friend. Ah, yes. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never harm me. That's not true, of course. Being mocked, being derided. And these days, if you <laughs> speak some common sense about the human condition, about men and women, about you name it, or if you speak your Catholic faith, the butt of men, <laughs> laughing stock of the people, all who see me deride me, they curl their lips, they toss their heads. He trusted in the Lord, let him save him. Let him release him if this is his friend. That's very painful. We want to go along to get along, and that's not a good way to approach things. Like even Catholic higher education that was sold out in the late 1960s, out of a tremendous desire to be respected by secular universities. And uh, <laughs> the idea of University of Newman was traded in and in its place we got the Land O'Leaks statement. We just cannot abide having people not respect us. That's an awful thing to lose, and indeed it is. It's very deeply painful. So maybe we also should look with repentance. Have we ever been the disrespecters of others? Have others, has anyone ever had to pray this Psalm with understanding, with no imagination, because of how we have treated them? That's the thing to think about. And repent. But maybe we have experience this and maybe we know of somebody who has. And certainly as I say, I think if you are a faithful Christian today, in parts of the world, you will be killed. 
or thrown in prison. But in this part of the world, you will experience this, these verses of Psalm 22. You won't be killed, no. People will simply toss their heads to ride and laugh. Yes, it was you who took me from the womb and trusted me, entrusted me to my mother's breast. To you I was committed from my birth. From my mother's womb you have been my God. Do not leave me alone in my distress. Come close, there is none else to help. God seems so far away when distress, mockery, or suffering of any kind are close. The dangers are so near and God seems so far away as when the Lord was asleep in the boat and the apostles were saying, Master, Master, wake up, the storm. And then they, he expresses even more. Bachan is a part of Golan Heights, basically a part of land on the, near Mount Hermon, the big mountain. Very rich, rich pastures, big, you know, bowls of Bashan, a big, big bowls. And you wouldn't want to run into one of them in the middle of a field. But have you ever noticed how in the Psalms frequently, Psalm 32 is this way as well. We feel surrounded or the water is rising, rising to my neck. That sense of being choked or being surrounded is a horrible human experience. And it is felt at different times. Many bulls have surrounded me, fierce bulls of Bashan close me in. Against me they open wide their jaws like lions rending and roaring. Like water I am poured out, disjointed are all my bones. My heart has become like wax. It is melted within my breast. Parched as burnt clay is my throat. My tongue cleaves to my jaws. Right section by section through the body, the heart, is, the jaws, the tongue, everything is just being ripped to pieces. This isn't some little superficial problem. And we don't know what it is because we're not meant to. This expresses with such power, imagery, focused, the intensity of the human condition into which we may, if it is our situation, pour whatever is our immediate and particular experience that leads to this. Or if we are not there right now, pray for someone we know who is. Bones like water I'm poured out. So we have animals, lions, and big bulls of Bashan surrounding us, dogs on either side. In the middle, we have our whole body going crashing. And just, just, it's like that scene in, you know, my, my favorite scene in all the movies is the scene of, in Raiders of the Lost Ark and the Last Crusade, where, you know, the one where he's choosing the, 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 the chalice and the, the Nazi chooses the golden sparkly one and drinks from it and goes, that sounds like this. And then the, the knight says, he chose poorly. Well, sometimes we do and that's what happens. Many dogs, again, surrounded me. Many bulls have surrounded me. Many dogs have surrounded me. A band of the wicked beset me. They tear holes in my hands and my feet and lay me in the dust of death. I can count every one of my bones. These people stare at me and gloat. And now we don't have physical attack, but again, mockery. They divide my clothing among them. They cast lots for my robe. 
as they did when this was actually reached its fulfillment. In the midst of this, we pray, help me, O Lord. O Lord, do not leave me alone. That's what's so difficult, being forsaken. It's true as well with one another, especially in this pandemic. I mean, viruses are deadly. We know that, we don't deny it. But loneliness and isolation and despair are also deadly. We need to know that too. Oh Lord, do not leave me alone. My strength, make haste to help me. As we say in the beginning of the office, oh Lord, make haste to help me. Rescue my soul from the sword, my life from the grip of these dogs. Save my life from the jaws of these lions, my poor soul from the horns of these oxen, dogs, lions, oxen. Oh Lord, make haste to help me, rescue, save me. I will tell of your name to my brethren and praise you where they are assembled. And now we have the shift from the suffering and the death to the resurrection of the Lord. And we have a great hymn of praise. For my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Are the opening lines of the psalm but they're not the closing lines. The closing line is these things the Lord has done. And so we experience an awareness like Jesus walking on the waters. It is the Lord. In the midst of all of this, we experience resurrection. Yet you who fear the Lord, give him praise. All sons of Jacob, give him glory. Revere him, Israel's sons, for he has never despised nor scorned the poverty of the poor. From him he has not hidden his face, but he heard the poor man when he cried. You are my praise in the great assembly. My vows I will pay before those who fear him. The poor shall eat and shall have their fill. They shall praise the Lord, those who seek him. May their hearts live forever and ever. And then we begin into this stunning conclusion as the majesty of God, the glory of God comes pouring forth. All the earth shall remember and return to the Lord. All families of the nations worship before him for the kingdom is the Lord's. He is ruler of the nations. They shall worship him all the mighty of the earth. Before him shall bow all who go down to the dust and my soul shall live for him. My children serve him. They shall tell of the Lord to generations yet to come. Declare his faithfulness to peoples yet unborn. These things the Lord has done. And it is the vision of glory, which must be ours as we go through the world of the bulls of Bashan, surrounded, whatever it may be, and for each of us it may be different, and maybe that's what we need to talk about with our confessor or spiritual director or a friend, or within the family. This is real. This is real. This isn't, uh, you know, fraught. I just can't understand.
I do understand, but I can't understand maybe why people substitute for real religion, for the religio religion that binds us and shapes us and forms us and challenges us, a kind of a gooey meringue. I mean, I think a lot of people, maybe if they leave the church, they've never been there. And yet I see so often that this is real. And sometimes people, I think the people who design public policy think, you know, it's kind of like a security blanket. I tell you, the bulls of Bashan aren't any security blanket. You know, like twinkle, twinkle, little star, that keeps them happy. Yeah, is that right? That's not what faith involves. We carry in procession the sign of Christ crucified. And we need to be transformed. We've never had the reason to be superficial Christians. But in a world that is going strange, bonkers, with strange <laughs> things happening, when language itself is being flipped and back and forth, like twisted and turned like a piece of toffee, to mean what it doesn't mean, to say what it's, we're like in Alice in Wonderland. In a lot of the things in our own country, you, I mean, I, I kid you not. And when we see some of the strange things, we, and there's an oppression, there's a, behind the velvet glove, there is an iron fist. If you dare politely to express your Catholic faith, uh, you're gone. This is not an illusion. This is real, this kind of stuff. And this is real. This speaks to us. We need to be living at a level of faith that's worthy of Psalm 22, because our Lord Jesus sure did on the cross. And anything more trashy or superficial or plasticky just won't cut it in this world. And so we just gotta go deep. We gotta go deep. And Psalm 22 goes deep, deep into the misery, the suffering that is around us, sometimes with words and not with actions. The misery and the suffering, the anguish, the anxiety, the loneliness, the fear, but also it goes deep, deep to see the glory of God, the power, the majesty of God, the cross of Jesus Christ, through which we are called, not to, as Chesterton said, not to be moved by the world, but to move the world. We need, uh, I don't know what the Marines, the American Marines said, you know, I need a few good men or something. Well, we need good people, men and women, who are gonna live it to the full. And nothing less than that. So, in that spirit, let's pray the great Psalm 22. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You are far from my plea and the cry of my distress. Oh my God, I call by day and you give no reply. I call by night and I find no peace. Yet you, O oh God, are holy enthroned on the praises of Israel. And your, you, our fathers, put their trust. They trusted and you set them free. When they cried to you, they escaped. In you they trusted and never in vain. But... I am a worm and no man, the butt of men, laughing stock of the people. All who see me deride me, they curl their lips, they toss their heads. 
He trusted in the Lord, let him save him. Let him release him if this is his friend. Yes, it was you who took me from the womb, entrusted me to my mother's breast. To you I was committed from my birth. From my mother's womb you have been my God. Do not leave me alone in my distress. Come close, there is none else to help. Many bulls have surrounded me. Fierce bulls of Bashan closed me in. Against me they open wide their jaws, like lions rending and roaring. Like water I'm poured out, disjointed are all my bones. My heart has become like wax. It is melted within my breast. Parched as burnt clay is my throat. My tongue cleaves to my jaws. Many dogs have surrounded me. A band of the wicked beset me. They tear holes in my hands and my feet and lay me in the dust of death. I can count every one of my bones. These people stare at me and gloat. They divide my clothing among them. They cast lots for my robe. O Lord, do not leave me alone. My strength, make haste to help me. Rescue my soul from the sword, my life from the grip of these dogs. Save my life from the jaws of these lions, my poor soul from the horns of these oxen. I will tell of your name to my brethren and praise you where they are assembled. You who fear the Lord, give him praise. All sons of Jacob, give him glory. Revere him, Israel's sons, for he has never despised nor scorned the poverty of the poor. From him he has not hidden his face, but he heard the poor man when he cried. You are my praise in the great assembly. My vows I will pay before those who fear him. The poor shall eat and shall have their fill. They shall praise the Lord, those who seek him. May their hearts live forever and ever. All the earth shall remember and return to the Lord. All families of the nations worship before him. For the kingdom is the Lord's. He is ruler of the nations. They shall worship him, all the mighty of the earth. Before him shall bow all who go down to the dust. And my soul shall live for him. My children serve him. They shall tell of the Lord to generations yet to come, declare his faithfulness to peoples yet unborn. These things the Lord has done. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. 
Amen. In the name of the Father, of the Son, of the Holy Spirit. Amen.